Hi and welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. I am the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation in Maryland. This week we'll be taking a look at two parshiot. It's a double Parsha this week by Yakel Akude. Everything that has been theoretical up until now is put into action and the Mishkan, its vessels, its utensils, and the priestly clothes are built, designed, are put together, crafted, and they are consecrated. Vayakel Pekude covers the last five chapters of the book of Shemot and will bring to a close our study of this, the second of the five books of Moses. Here is Vayakel Pekude in seven parts. Part 1. Vayakel Moshe Koladat B'nai Yisrael, Moshe gathers all of the children of Israel. Moshe gathers all the Israelites and instructs them to be careful regarding the observance of Shabbat. In particular, no flame should be created on this holy day. The Torah then continues to outline the generous commitment made by the Israelites to the construction of the Mikdash of the Mishkan, including skins, yarns, and fine, precious materials. All skilled workers are invited to participate in crafting of the various components of the Mishkan, including the Aron, the Mizbeach, and all the other utensils that will be used in the service that is to take place inside of the sanctuary. This also comes to include the enclosure of the Mishkan itself and the clothing of the Kohanim who would offer sacrifices within this space. This section continues by telling us that the Israelites left the presence of Moshe to go and start collecting, bringing these items. The Or HaChaim, chapter 35, verse 20, comments that they left the presence of Moshe hastily, without his permission, without him even concluding his speech. They did this because they were concerned, according to the Or HaChaim, that Moshe himself would fund the project. Everyone, women and men who were motivated to do so, brought generous gifts and contributed their skills. They did not want to miss the opportunity and lose out to Moshe's gift himself. The leaders of each tribe brought special gems for the Kohen Gadol's breastplate, and so concludes section one. Part two. Ru'u kara Hashem b'shem b'tzalel ben Uri ben Chor l'mate Yehuda. See the Lord has chosen b'tzalel as the architect of the Mishkan. Moshe now introduces b'tzalel. Who has, gi- who, was b- who has been given by God the wisdom and insight to design the Mishkan and all of its utensils. He was capable of utilizing all kinds of materials and crafting them for their purpose. But Salal did as he was commanded. Moshe rallied all of the skilled workers to support Betzalel's work, and they began to work together with the gifts that the Israelites had contributed. Moshe realized that the people were relentlessly bringing gifts and commanded them to halt their campaign, to stop bringing, due to the fact that they had enough. The craftsmen began crafting the fabrics for the Mishkan. They joined fabrics together and sewed loops on the bottom of each fabric. 
Leoso created golden clasps to attach the fabrics to one another. They made a total of 11 sections of fabric. Each cloth was 30 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. They joined 5 cloths together and they joined the remaining 6 cloths together. They also made coverings out of various tanned hides. They crafted the planks that would make the outer wall of the Mishkan, which were 10 cubits high and one and a half cubits wide. They also created the sockets that would bring these planks together to form the wall. 20 planks on the south side and 20 planks on the north side. In the rear, there were six planks which were attached to two corner planks. They created a gold-plated bar that would connect the planks to each other, not at the base of the plank, but in the middle. Then they created the curtain that would separate the sections inside the Mishkan itself and the posts to support the curtain. But Salal himself created the Aron, the ark which was two and a half cubits long and one and a half cubits wide with its lid on top and the Kruvim were placed on top of that. He made the table for the showbread, he made the poles for the table and he also fashioned any utensils that the table would need. And so ends part two. Part three. Vayas es ha zahav tahar. They made the lampstand, the menorah, of pure gold. They created the menorah of pure gold with six branches, a total of seven lamps, including the middle branch. And, and there was many intricate details that went into the decorative design of this menorah. He created the Mizbeach for the incense made of acacia wood and overlaid that Mizbeach with gold. It was one cubit long and one cubit wide and had horns on the corner on top. He also created the poles and the rings to attach to this Mizbeach to make it portable. Betzalel created the anointing oil. The Chizkuni chapter 37, 29 wonders why the anointing oil is mentioned at this moment. Why is it mentioned now? The the construction of the items within the Mishkan was not complete yet. He suggests that it's mentioned now because we are separating between those items that have a high level of sanctity and those items that have a lower level of sanctity. Yet to be mentioned was the outer Mizbeach and the Kior, two items that were impermanent, two items that did not make it into the Mikdash itself, but were in the courtyard. And therefore, the Shemen Hamishcha, the anointing oil, was placed in between the utensils that made it into the courtyard, made it into the Mikdash, and the utensils that were, that were on the outside. And so ends part three. Part four. The Yas es Mizbach HaOlah, they made the altar for the burnt offerings. But Salah now creates the altar for the burnt offerings. This altar was five by five cubits in size and three cubits high. He made all the utensils required for this altar to function and crafted poles and rings to make the Mizbeach portable. He now created the basin of copper that contained water for the washing of hands and feet. And it was crafted out of the mirrors that women donated to the Mishkan project. He created the enclosure that was around the Mishkan from posts and sockets and fabrics. And we now share in the Torah an accounting of all the gifts that were given and, utilized, and how they were utilized. 
These records include 29 talents and 730 shekels of gold, 100 talents and 1,775 shekels of silver, and the half-shekel contributions that were received total up to 603,550 men. The Torah describes what each of these contributions were used for and concludes with reorienting our focus towards the creation of the Big Day Kahuna, the priest's clothes. And so ends part four. Part five. Vayas es ha-ephod. You should make the ephod. Betzalon now creates the ephod made of fine fabrics, including creating golden thread by hammering out gold so thin and then twisting it into a thread. They took lazuli stones and engraved the names of the tribes of Israel on them and attached them to the straps of the ephod. They created the breastplate of fine fabrics and crafted it into a doubled over square. On its front were four rows of precious stones in three columns. On each of these stones was engraved the names of the tribes of Israel. The breastplate was suspended by golden chains and was held in place on the aphode by a cord of blue fabric. And so concludes part five. Part six. Betzalel now creates the robe of blue fabric with an opening in it so it would not tear when the high priest was to move about. They added woven pomegranates, pomegranates and bells to the hem of the robe. They created linen tunics for the priests with headdresses, breeches, and they created even a sash for the priests to wear. They now created the tzitz, the special crown that was to be worn on the head of the Kohen Gadol, containing engraved upon it the name of the Lord. They used blue cords to attach the tzitz to the Kohen Gadol. They brought the complete project before Moshe, all of the Mishkan and its furnishings, including its utensils and the big day kahuna, the clothes of the Kohanim. Moshe saw all that had been created, and he blesses those who took part in its creation. The Arachayim, chapter 39, verse 43, stresses the significance of receiving a blessing from Moshe. This is no ordinary blessing. The Torah includes this blessing and concludes it with the name of Moshe to drive home the point that it was tremendously significant for the children of Israel to receive a blessing from the Eved Hashem, from Moshe Rabbeinu himself. And so concludes part six. Part seven. Beyom ha-chodesh rishon be-echad l'chodesh, takim et mishkan set up the tabernacle the first day of the first month. God tells Moshe to set up the mishkan on the first day of the first month. He should bring all of the utensils of the Mishkan and construct the building around these utensils. He should anoint the entire project with anointing oil. He should dress Aaron and his sons in the priestly garments and should anoint them too. And Moshe did exactly as God had told him to. In the first month of the second year since the Jewish people had left Egypt, 
the Mishkan project was complete. And Moshe puts together the entire project, including placing of the poles and the utensils and constructing the building itself by himself. Not only did he place the utensils in their place, he used them in the way that they were designed to be used, like lighting the lights of the menorah. He took the Mishkan for a test run. After they had completed the final construction, after each item had been tested, the glory of God filled the building and a cloud rested upon it. No one could enter the space. When the cloud would lift, the Israelites would travel. When it would rest, they, would, they too would rest. And so we conclude Sefer Shemot, waiting with bated breath, would Moshe and Aaron be invited into the Mishkan? Would they be invited into the house of God? Thank you so much for joining Parshat Apod, Parshat Bayakel, and Parshat Pekude. Here's a final thought on the Parsha. As we complete the book of Shemot, we can't but help notice the inverse structure of Bereshit and Shemot. Bereshit begins with God filling the space, God filling the world with his presence, and then creating a space for constructing the world, and then Shabbos, and then the book of Bereshit, jumping right ahead, concludes with the Israelites' journey into Egypt and the creation of the Israelites as a nation. Shemot flips this story on its head. It begins with the Israelites as a nation in Egypt oppressed in servitude and concludes with the instructions regarding Shabbat. And then finally, the final conclusion is God filling the space of the Mishkan, is God filling the project of the Jewish people. As we conclude Sefer Shemot and we transition to Sefer Vayikra, it's worth noting that the acts that the Jewish people undertake of building the Mishkan is the closest we get to the act of creation that God performed at the beginning of the world, at the beginning of Sefer Bereshis. This inverse structure is by no means a coincidence. We are instructed to keep Shabbat because God keeps kept Shabbat. We are instructed to be creative because God is the Borei Olam, is the creator of the world. My name is Yechiel Shaffer. This has been Parsha on a Pod. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. Subscribe and like it on your podcast platform. Have a wonderful Shabbat. Enjoy learning and completing Sefer Shemot.